All right, what is up, you guys? Welcome to the Abstract Audio Podcast. I'm your host, Derek. We are getting towards the end of the year. It's Friday. We only got a couple left in this entire year. We're counting them down. That's fucking crazy. Um, what's even crazier, I think I'm more excited for New Year's than Christmas. Crazy, right? Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe the fireworks, maybe all that shit. Um, but what's weird is every year there is a definite vibe and like a feeling of shit shifting. I don't know. Like in, on that night, on New Year's Eve, there's an obvious like fill in the air. It's, it's the weirdest shit. Cause when you think about it in, in concept, just what New Year's is, it's no different. It's it's a it's a made up man made fucking thing, right? Just a calendar that is set to measure a length of time. That's it. It's all man made. It don't fucking make no difference. The night before is just as magical. The night after is just as magical. But mentally, we you know we just build this shit up. It's like a just this ceremony. It's the weirdest shit when you really think about it. Um, yeah. What is New Year's really? Just a way to document. It's it's just documenting, right? Um, but if you guys have New Year's resolutions, just please. I mean, I I never do I never do resolutions. It's the biggest crock of shit to me. Um, because it's nothing ever changes on a dime like that. Nothing ever changes in a moment. Is how is what I believe. Um, you know, in a in a specific moment in time that you're specifying. So it could be your, you know, a birthday, a, uh, say it's your, your grandpops, you know, like the anniversary of him passing and he was like a chronic dark, I know. Right. Um, but, but stay with me. He was a chronic smoker or some shit. Right. And so you're, uh, you're going to give up the cigs. You're going to give up the cigs for grandpa or the vape. Pa, I'm going to give up the vape. Right. It, uh, that might work because it has some significance. But it's hard to believe that in any given moment, you know, like I'm saying, like a birthday, an anniversary, or especially something extremely insignificant, like a new year, that ain't going to change shit. That is not going to change shit. And I'm only talking to you guys that are serious about it because I view them like resolutions can be fun, like fun little competitions with your friends, right? But with that, I feel like you succeed together. And you fail together. So if, uh, you know, if uh, Timmy is one of your friends and you know that he's he's uh, slipping some booze in the men's room at work, getting desperate, you know, <laughs> you know that it, it's only a matter of time. You might start cheating. You know, you might start taking sips here and there. If you guys obviously say you guys gave up alcohol, some shit, because you guys all booze together. So it makes sense. All right. Let's stop boozing together. But no, like, as you guys all crumble, you know, everyone gives the shit up. Like, ah, fuck it. You know, I'm, I was born to booze. Born to booze. <laughs> born to fucking booze. Um, but yeah, like, it's just, maybe it's just fucking water cooler, you know, conversation. I think that's what it is for most people, right? It's like, ah, you know, uh, you hear old Marty, he's, he's back to boozing. Oh, Marty is back to boozing. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, but if for you guys out there that are trying to make a serious change and something that could set you on an entirely different positive route, like whether it be eating right or working out, um, just look at it as a mentality change, I guess, as a lifestyle change and, and, uh, more so mental. Like if you got to, even if it's just like, give yourself a week, maybe two weeks, maybe a month. That's getting extreme though. What, what do people do these for? Is it for a year? Is it in hopes that you're going to give that shit up for a year? I don't know. I'm not well versed on my, uh, my fucking resolutions, but I'm saying think of something reasonable. Like give yourself a week and just see if it's for you. See, see the changes. Maybe you like, uh, your energy level. Maybe you have a mood change, you know, um, whatever it may be. Start off slow, like be, be reasonable. And this is of course only if you're serious. Um, I don't know. I've never gotten resolutions, man. I've never fucking understood it. Um, because in theory, you could make that resolution tonight, right now, and not drink again, you know, or I, I'm, I don't know what it is with me and drinking, uh, but whatever it is, right, you can start eating clean tomorrow, like right now, whatever, whatever, like whatever you're going to do on that night, whatever change you're going to make, whatever shift is going to happen in your life, you can do that right now. You know, but for those of you guys that need that timestamp and you're just kind of like, okay, well, not New Year's will be the day for me and uh, I'm going to stick to this. Well, I think, yeah, just be reasonable, you know, look at it as in, in increments, reasonable increments, like a week and then maybe, uh, you know, a month, go, go from a week to two weeks. All right, I'm going to try it out for two weeks now, from two weeks to a month. And I honestly think in, within a month, if you make that change, you're on a life, you're, you know, you're living a different lifestyle and you're successful. So, but I don't know, maybe I'm fucking talking out of my ass because no one takes this shit seriously, it seems like. Um, but if you do, I'm rooting for you. I'm just saying, look at it as a mental change and uh, a lifestyle change, not necessarily this magical night that is going to fucking change your life, right? Um... With that rant out of the way, I'm excited for New Year's. I don't know why. I just like, uh, there's, there is a weird feeling though. I, I, do you guys feel that? Or is it just, uh, I mean, clearly it's all mental. Like I said, it's each day's no different. But uh, something with like, oh, it's a new year. For me lately, it's been a reminder of I'm getting older. Um, which initially is like somewhat depressing, right? But then I start thinking and like that shit, age doesn't matter. Time doesn't matter. All that matters is the goals that you have set and you achieving those goals. And so in theory, age, you know, a number, whatever, whatever concerns you about time, you know, time is constant. Not, none of that's never going to change until it doesn't exist for you. Right. So it shouldn't be a distraction. And um, and mind you, I'm kind of talking to myself as I'm talking to you guys. And uh, this is kind of what, I'm in, what I've been telling myself. Because uh, this has been the past couple years now. And, um, you know, all the... I, so now I'm trying more so to measure my life in achievements. 
and um and it's a much more positive vibe age age will fuck people up man don't don't let age fuck you up time is constant this life is temporary just do what you're gonna do make make yourself feel good make people around you feel good you know make yourself happy all that shit just live a full life make sure you're happy you know because i don't think if you're happy you can't really give happiness you know you have to be the best version of yourself please yourself to then be able to give to others i feel like i don't know where the fuck am i going with this um but all right so we before i get started on the topics i uh if you guys caught wednesday's episode uh the end of the year segment topic um whatever whatever you will the end of the year uh portion of the podcast that topic was things that artists need to do better in 2018 things that they've done practices that they've had in 2017 that they can improve on going into 2018 um so if you didn't get a chance check that podcast out um but i've been thinking about it for like the last 24 hours or so and um and we got even more albums like this past week in specific uh not not today but the last friday was a huge day for these collaborative albums which was one of the topics i think there were like three or four and that's one thing that artists need to do to do better in 2018 is you know stop putting out these half-assed collaborative projects it's uh not only is it oversaturated it's getting obvious that they're just rushed maybe maybe you'll you could see it out to between two and five songs five songs if you're a real fan otherwise it's all shit it's all filler um but either way this last week was a huge you know a perfect example of this oversaturation because i mentioned uh quality control which is the mainly migos album um but i believe that's the label they're on and so it has a lot of Yachty on it. I saw a, a Cardi feature here and there and uh, and a Nicki feature, amongst others. Um, but a 30 fucking track project. It's fucking insane. And then uh, also um, Big Sean and Metro Boomin. And then um, one that I forgot was T Grizzly and uh, Lil Durk. And mind you, I I have not listened to this. I'm not well-versed in Lil Durk. I'm not too familiar. Uh, however, I know T. Grizzly. I know of his music. And I know he is one of the dopest artists to come out in recent years. I mean, his shit is amazing. And, and he always is rapping his ass off, at least in songs that I've heard. Um... So I, you know, when I was making this broad statement, which I think still stands for most artists, um, mind you, I have not listened to this Lil Durk and T Grizzly project yet. Uh, it could be quality. And so I guess the overall is just give us quality. Like if you're going to drop a collaborative project, give us quality. Make sure it's fucking quality because it's getting see through. 
you know, this is like thinly veiled bullshit that you guys are shoveling out now. Um, but w- so while I was thinking on that topic, I, uh, it, the, the thought was sparked by a clip that's going around a snippet of, I mean, the shittiest audio quality you could imagine, but there is a clip going around a video of, um, a young Jeezy song, uh, off of his upcoming project. And that snippet is featuring a song called, I think it's American Dream. And that song is featuring none other than J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. So I got to thinking, if they put out a project... If Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole put out a project, let's say a 10-track a project, right? You guys are the only artists we, we want fucking 30 tracks from. But only give us 10. Give us 10 solid songs of these two legends, you know, these, these modern-day legends, these icons, uh, just sparring, you know, just going back and forth. Because that's what I think great artists do to each other, right? It's a sport. You're just trying to, you know, I'm, I may rewrite my verse five times. You re- rewrite your six, and it's only getting better each time. Um, so if they drop that project, which I think they will in this lifetime, <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's hard to say. I mean, it seems more likely now than ever going into 2018. But again, like a, a year ago, and two years ago, I was just as hopeful. And that shit didn't come out. So it's hard to say. But the day that we do here, I'm, I'm hoping sooner rather than later, say they drop that project in early 2018, maybe mid-2018. mid, mid They need to do this. Just a, a solid 10-song project. Mix, you know, fucking album, mixtape, playlist, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't care. Just 10 tracks. They dropped that shit. And I feel like it deads the whole trend. You know, it makes all these other little rappers tuck in their collaborative projects and go home. Because that shit was executed to the level that it should be. Um, and I know I'm, I'm fucking dreaming. Like, even if they drop a solid-ass project, these artists are going to keep shoveling their shit. It's an epidemic at this point. Like, it's just everywhere you look. You, you know, every artist is fucking doing it. Um... But they put out that, that, you know, their project and and fucking tour on that shit. Please. That would be a tour to, you know, that would be the tour. Um, But they drop a 10-track project. I mean, holy shit, man. I I hope, uh, because I'm trying to think of quality collaborative albums in, in the past let's say since watch the throne um even that obvious there was obvious production quality there and even you know rhyming quality like the you know jay and yay took their time and and wrote their verses of course there were some throwaway bars and it was it was great i feel like it could have been amazing um but still it was great 
this other shit that artists are putting out is is hardly passable and what i feel like really sparked the trend i feel like watch the throne is going too far back um what i feel like really sparked the trend was uh what a time to be alive i mean drake and future set a standard um and they they showed these artists that it could be done and it's nice that you know it's dope that these artists are confident enough to be like hey i can and we can do that we can this this epidemic of artists locking down in the studio for a week at a time you know two weeks and just you know doing what they feel like is wrapping their ass off but it's it's not the same man like it's not the fucking same um i don't know I, I hope that we see that happening now. And that was all sparked from that from that fucking snippet. Um and I think once we get the studio quality version, it's gonna be obvious and, and it's only gonna fuel the fire. Um but knowing Kendrick and J. Cole and just the uh artists that they are, they're gonna be sitting, you know, sitting on that shit. Uh and just maybe just perf- you know, perfecting their verses, perfecting each and every song. Um, but I'm hopeful, man, and hopefully they do drop that, and it, you know, again, I think I'm dreaming when I say that it'll be of such high quality that everyone else is just gonna fucking, you know, gonna go home and with their little shitty verses, um, I, I think I'm dreaming when I say that, but in all honesty, I think it would be an obvious show of quality, an undeniable show of quality, and an undeniable show of execution, like, this is how it, it is done, you know, um, so I'm hopeful, man, I'm hopeful, uh, but that hasn't gotten us the project this far, so, um, staying on Kendrick news, Kendrick was recently on Howard Stern, fucking awesome, right, I hope this sets a standard, or maybe, it's hard to say because Joe Rogan has amazing guests, phenomenal fucking guests, and just guests that when when on the show, like they just have such amazing conversation. Um, but hopefully, you know, I hope to one day see an artist like Kendrick on Rogan's podcast. Our only hope is Jamie, you know, young Jamie. Young Jamie's the one that's more into the shit. I mean, could you imagine a Kanye interview on Joe Rogan? It's hard to say, though, because Rogan has to also be into the guests. And I, I respect that. That's a level of integrity, you know. Um, He doesn't just have everyone on. And I think that's what made his show what it is. Um, But also, while on topic, if you guys haven't, uh, go check out the podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience, Um, his recent episode with Duncan Trussell and Dr. Christopher Ryan, I believe it is. It's definitely Duncan Trussell and yeah, Christopher Ryan. Um it's a long ass podcast, but it's one of those that holy fuck man, I know I'm gonna go back and listen to, you know, two or three times. Like that's it's it's a fucking phenomenal podcast. I hope you know, I strive to one day have, you know, to put out a product of that level, of that caliber. Fuck, man. Um, Go and check that out. But getting back to the Howard Stern interview, I view Howard Stern as being like, you know, really the pioneer 
of the the form the format of just you know this like no hold bar interview um and just bullshitting with your friends like like with no limitations um and and so and then i think rogan is more so like the new age version of that on the podcasting format you know taking the podcasting format and and using that formula and implementing it on the podcasting format in his own way in his own unique individual way um but with that being said i have immense respect uh for howard stern and it's amazing that we got a kendrick interview um and i have not listened to it yet i don't even know where you listen to howard stern i i i'm not an a uh listener i don't but i know of what he's done with the format and i can respect that but now i obviously i'm gonna seek this episode out and go try and hear it but um while on the howard stern show uh so he made his debut on tuesday kendrick did on the show and he gave some behind the scenes insight into how he chooses collaborations particularly why he why he decided to link up with an artist that's far deep into the pop music realm taylor swift and i'm reading this off of a hypebeast article um some stories about okay so he he goes in on why he chose swift you know the collaboration with swift um which would be fascinating i didn't give it too much thought i don't knock you know maybe just because i don't knock kendrick for it like i know his talent level and i know just based off of his personality that he would not compromise he would not you know sacrifice who he is for a collaboration or you know or sell out as as other people would call it um but he also on the podcast i guess goes over some stories about prince and uh his first call with dr dre and how fast food apparently saved his life um so it's it sounds like it's a you gotta listen to it Uh, i know i do um and posted on this article are some snippets from the interview there there's some bullshit like two minute snippets though um i'll repost them on soundcloud though because that's where they're posted on here is through soundcloud i'll go and repost them um so if you guys are following or just go check it out it's under howard stern on uh on soundcloud but if you guys do follow the channel and that's primarily where you listen i'll have those um reposted um but mind you they are just bullshit two minute clips which are fucking annoying to me but just for the sake of getting a feel for the interview i'll repost them um but all right so in the interview howard stern queries kendrick's decision to jump on swift's bad blood track premising that maybe it's not so good to appear with her to which kendrick responded with the creative and business angles he takes into consideration kendrick said you gotta have great you gotta have great business mind integrity and a great team um the number one thing we talk about is how does the music sound how far in the pop world is the sound so the first thing is let's hear the music because the music is going to dictate the idea and the concept of where we can take this idea i mean goddamn, you guys just in the complex format that he thought of that response it's another level it's another fucking level and that may sound weird but that's what i find 
when you listen to interviews, it's actually very closely linked to, you know, that's the artist responses, their thought patterns to form those responses are this are this is the same way that they form the fucking you know the music that they write the verses and everything so i think it's a whole different form of insight you know the interviews offer um so that's part of why i'm so fascinated with them but um god damn that response alone man uh all right so it says as for bad blood kendrick said with this particular record it was me just vibing and catching her lyrics uh, the two artists were born in L.A. and could fortunately produce the track rather quickly. I didn't want to get into her head too crazy. I just wanted to have my own inspiration and see where, where it took it. Fortunately, the vibe was right and it didn't take too many takes. And we were really locked in on the chemistry. And we really felt what was going on when I was in the booth. Um. So, goddamn... Uh, I don't know. I never thought of that as being an issue. His his bad blood collaboration. Um, it did shock me when I first saw it. But other than that, I was just like, do your thing, Kendrick. You know, get your money is kind of how I viewed it. Um, but I guess I, I could definitely see now how people would see it as selling out. Um, <clears throat> but just knowing the caliber of artist that Kendrick is and the integrity that he possesses. I didn't really ever take in, you know, question, you know, that, that he would sell out in any form. Um, and I thought the verse was incredible. Dope as fuck, you know. Uh, it made the radio listenable, you know, for that fucking four minutes or whatever length the song was. But all right, staying in the music world and music news... Um, Drake and Techno are collaborating. Uh, so Techno, I guess, is a dance hall, a, a Nigerian dance hall artist. <clears throat> so let me read the artif- article for you real quick. Uh, 2017 has seen Drake busily, busily engaged in diversifying his sound portfolio, uh, further moving into the realms of dance hall and Afrobeat. And it seems as if this trend is set to continue after images of the six god and Nigerian artist Techno surfaced on social media. Um, both artists posted images of themselves in the studio and hanging out, so it would seem something is in the making. Um, the Toronto rapper's latest album saw saw his saw him mix up his signature style with songs such as "Get It Together" and "Mabita Rhythm" or "Madiba Rhythm." Um, while back on Views, he worked with WizKid to create one dance and then a number of follow-up dance tracks such as Come Closer. Um, I only cover this because I'm extremely excited. I know a lot of people don't really care for that mainstream uh, dance hall sound that Drake does, and it can be seen as being somewhat of a culture vulture. Um... But I'm insanely, I guess, you know, I know I'm insanely lenient when it comes to art or artistry. And I more so before looking at, at Drake as being a culture vulture in this specific scenario. Um, I more so look at it as I'm just thankful and happy that I got to see him kind of, you know, give a rebirth to his sound with such a bizarre, you know, uh, 
with such bizarre sonics that I never thought we would have heard Drake in, you know? So I think people also in, in this digital age, again, when a lot of people are pessimistic um, and quick to call out others, I, I feel like I try and see the best in things. And that's definitely how I take the dance hall, Drake. And I think uh, I, I would love to hear more of it. I think Drake does it insanely well. And it's something completely unique. Like, I love that fusion that it brings. Like, let art develop. Let it fucking, you know, uh, crossbreed and, and form hybrid sounds. Like, let that shit happen, man. We we got to chill with all the pointing fingers. Because just as much as he's taking from it, he's giving to it. Because I never would have given a fuck about Dancehall. Just me personally. And I know that's the same for a lot of people out there. Um, so I don't know. I, I love it. I love the sound. Uh, sonically, it's hard to deny. Like you can't just like not move when you hear one of those tracks. Come on. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. That's why I wanted to talk about it. I didn't even know who techno was admittedly going into it. Uh, but just more dance hall Drake is insanely dope to me. So just know that that's coming. Um, all right, now next. Title could run out of money in just six months. And not for the first time. Um, yet again, another article on Hypebeast. Let me know if you guys like this format of me running through stories. Because there are stories that I have like a little bit of an interest in and, and a, a take on and an opinion on. Um, and I kind of like it. I think it's like exciting to run through these and where thoughts develop, just go over, you know, spend more time on those stories or my opinion on those stories. Um, but yeah, so I, I've noticed it's like kind of a different path that I've taken this week when looking up the stories for you guys um, or when just scrolling through Hypebeast in general. Uh, so you guys let me know. But yeah, title is doomed in other news. Um, so despite Jay-Z being named one of the world's highest paid musicians, I think it was number 19. So let's chill with that. I mean, 19 is still high as fuck. I was thinking about that because I criticized him uh, being on the Forbes list number 19 when Beyonce was number two. Um, but number 19 on the highest paid musicians in the fucking world is still pretty crazy, right? Um, so I got to chill. But his title streaming service is reportedly suffering from financial difficulties. Uh, according to Norwegian business paper, Daggins, what the fuck is that second word? Uh, Daggins, we're just calling him Daggins. Um, title is facing both cash flow and user growth issues, uh, leading to the service having enough funds to last just six months. That's fucking crazy. We kind of knew it from the jump, though, right? I mean, no one was really fucking with title. Would they be in such a high price? That's that Again, that's only to prove that we'll, we'll stand up for something to a certain extent until we have to pay for it. Because, like, that was his whole pitch, right? It's like, oh, well, it's a higher price, but it's, it's more fair for the artists. The artists are taking a larger cut. Like, yeah, yeah, that's great. But, you know, I could get the same from apple for 10 bucks right or from spotify for 10 bucks right like you you're kind of bugging with the price and it's just fascinating the psychology right because when you go up to most people and ask them 
are you upset with streaming and artists not getting a fair cut? Most people say, fuck yeah, I think that's wrong as fuck. And then be like, do you have a title account? And they would probably laugh you off the fucking, you know, out of there. Like, get the fuck out. Like, I would never, I mean, even me personally, I wouldn't pay that much extra. I mean, I don't know. It's interesting, though, the psychology there. Because we're outraged until it affects us. That's when we have a different perspective. We're like, ah, I, I fucking knew Jay Z and that title. They were they were gonna they were gonna fucking lose from the start. <laughs> it's fucked up, man. But that's how we think. Um, the news comes less than a year since title received investment from Sprint, with the mobile company taking a thirty three percent stake. Uh, it also it also isn't the first time that the streaming service has been in poor financial health with huge losses reported in 2015 as well as repeated disputes regarding subscriber numbers and the company losing three CEOs in just two years. Sounds like a fucking sinking ship to me. I don't know. Jay-Z's a brave guy, you know, to, <laughs> to be like, I'll fucking... That's like being the captain of the, the fucking Titanic at the last minute, right? Goddamn. Uh, that's, that's respectable, Jay. Um, but all right, as it stands... Title hasn't confirmed the news, although the company told Engadget in a statement, we have experienced negative stories about Title since its inception, and we have done nothing but grow the business each year. Dope. Dope response. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for Title, man. It's, it's crazy to see. And it, and it makes me wonder how, you know, the previously in the week covered um youtube streaming service what is it youtube remix i think they're calling it uh you know a music streaming service through youtube and well it's i guess it's gonna be headed by youtube i don't know in what form obviously it'll probably be its own app um it'll be interesting it'll, it'll be interesting as fuck to see how it's integrated into the whole format of of youtube but I don't know, maybe with so many users on YouTube, it's destined to work. And maybe with Jay, you know, sinking like he is with Tidal, maybe Yeezy Sound is doomed. I don't know. I always thought that it, it had a good shot, but I think more people like Jay than they do Kanye, right? Like the overall, I mean, I don't know. That's, maybe that's the problem when you have a service like this that's headed by a celebrity is that the celebrity ends up being too much of a distraction. I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, I wish the best for Jay and Title, but just think about that. Just think about the, you know, the psychology aspect that I spoke about because I think it's very true. You know, you guys let me know. Do you have a Title account? Or what do you use? Because that's what I'm always fascinated by uh, when I post to SoundCloud. I try and include as few um, SoundCloud Go snippets as possible or like SoundCloud Go songs as possible. I try and look for the uh, the high quality versions of the songs that are not SoundCloud Go, but it's hard as fuck, man. They 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 uh, have all of those songs. Like it's mostly SoundCloud Go songs when it's a popular artist. Um, so you guys, let me know. Do you have a SoundCloud Go account, or what? Are, what is your music streaming service of choice? I can almost guarantee it's not Tidal. <laughs> jay-z will tell you that um all right so next in music news 
we have Lil Peep's producer hinting at his upcoming album, Come Over When You're Sober, Part 2. Uh, so, with the sad news of Lil Peep, un- with Lil Peep's untimely passing having broken back in mid-November, fans, as well as friends, family, and fellow musicians have spent the intervening weeks paying tribute to the 21-year-old artist, having released Come Over When You're Sober Part 1 in August. However, Peep fans also naturally naturally disappointed that they might never get to hear the a possible Part 2. Um, now, however, Smoke Asac, who worked, on, who worked with Peep on tracks like Ben's Truck, Hellboy, and Awful Things, dope-ass fucking song, check out that song, Awful Things is so infectious and so reminiscent of fucking, uh, like, Sum 41 and Good Charlotte and that shit, um, check that song out, if, if you want to check out Lil Peep, or you probably fucking know it. it's been everywhere, um, so, it, so the artist or the producer, Smoke Asac, has hinted that posthumous, posthumous, I don't fucking, I think that's how you say the word. I've always wondered. Uh, posthumous new music may actually be on the way. Uh, taking to social media, the producer tweeted simply, come over when you're sober, part two, uh, appearing to suggest that the much hoped for follow-up was ready and waiting, followed by the clarification that it will come out when the time is right, when Peep's family approves, just know it exists, be patient for Gus, hashtag Lil Peep forever. Um, Gus, which is, of course, a shortened version of Lil Peep's actual name, which is Gustav R. Gustav R. A-H-R. Um, yeah, so Gus is Lil Peep. I didn't know that. I looked it up. Um, because I was curious. I figured it was Lil Peep. But yeah, so, uh, I'm looking forward to the album. I want to hear uh, more of where his... It's unfortunate, though, because, you know, I talk about how great Awful Things was, but now it just kind of... Even just in mentioning it right now, it's upsetting because it it's an obvious feeling of like, oh, well, that's not... We're not going to hear more of that. Like, it's not going to be improved on. And not that it needs to be improved on, but if his if his artistry was right there you know, right now, or, you know, in over the past year, I wonder where the fuck he would have been in a year, two years, like, he was just doing such different shit, sonically, or nostalgic shit for me, um, but again, he was one of those artists in hip-hop widening the genre, you know, just, just taking it, I think hip-hop is mostly sub-genres now, right, and that's part of the confusion, I mean, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but I was thinking about this recently, uh, with, you know, the punk rappers, and, uh, so forth, I think the issue when, when people have problems with new artists is that hip-hop is this wide format now, it's the most popular fucking genre in music in the world, and it's gonna have sub-genres, and that's what we're seeing, but I feel like people are used to just hip-hop being fucking hip-hop, and, you know, and being just hip-hop or rap, and then R&B, but no, it's, it's fucking, it's, 
there are all these hybrids that are being formed. I mean, Post Malone is is evidence of that. Drake has fucking formed many sounds, you know, birthed many sounds. Like like I'm saying, with that his dance hall fusion shit. It's fucking amazing. One Dance is one of the best songs of the fucking decade. I, I don't know, man. I love it. I fucking love it. I mean, what Lil Uzi Bird is doing. Um, all of that shit, man. Fuck it. Even Lil Pump. Even Lil Pump. You know, uh, so, I don't know. That's kind of going off on a tangent, but hopefully we will see that album sooner than later. Um, come over when you're sober part two. I would love to hear it. Uh, but I don't know. It's kind of, it's, I mean, it's not even kind of sad. It's extremely sad, man. Um, now to get into some designer news, um, brief designer news, just one story. Uh, so Urban Outfitters is going to host an exclusive Gosha, Rubchinsky, and Mummy Troll collaboration. Um, now, mind you, I'm not too familiar with Gosha's work. Like, I've seen it, but I'm not well-versed on the designer or, you know, his, his history in fashion in general, um, but this collaboration in concept has me excited, um, because it says here in the article, prices range from $40 to $100, and the collection launches in stores on December 15th and online on December 18th, um, I'm extremely, I, I, I love this shit because, Gosha, if you guys are unaware, is one of the, I would say, hottest designers out. Like, everyone just is buying up his shit, and I see it everywhere. Um, but I love when artists that are, you know, have all the eyes and can really, I mean, we're seeing more often than not, charge whatever the fuck they want. Um, you see them collaborating with wide-reaching retailers on affordable product. I love that shit, regardless um, so this is probably the move that makes me the biggest fan of Gosha yet. Um, it's very reminiscent of Cause and uh, Uniqlo, that collaboration. You know, just because it's so accessible, it makes the art so accessible and affordable. And I love that shit. Um, so I just briefly wanted to talk about that. Um Props to Gosha. I think that shit is dope as fuck. Alright, now let's get into the upcoming sneaker releases. So, alright, I believe we left off on 12-13. But again, as always happens, there have been sneakers that released on that day that I didn't cover. Um, The, well, I think just one. No, two. Okay, so I briefly wanted to give my opinion on those. Alright, so the Adidas Hardened Pencil. So this was, I believe, um, a collaboration with Adidas and obviously the Pencil Institute in, where is it, Seattle, I think? Um, but you guys might have known of the Pencil Institute because it's featured largely in uh, the Complex Lace-Up series. And they've done also some other videos. Like, I've seen Speedy Mormon go and create a shoe. And it, it seems super dope. I wish we had schools like that near here in Arizona or some shit. 
But um, but yeah, it seemed extremely dope. It's a school that helps teach, you know, designers, or it just helps teach uh, sneaker design. And uh, the guy who runs it had done, uh, I believe, four Jordans for Jordan brand, amongst other things, which is dope as fuck. Um, so, anyways, that's what this shoe is. I, I guess they ran some type of competition, and they ended up creating, I believe it was directly from the Lace-Up series, um, which I watched one episode recently with Macklemore and Ashley Graham, which, shout out to Ashley Graham, I mean, god damn, um, but the episode seemed kind of scripted, man, I didn't really care for it, um, in concept, when you got to see what they had to work on, it was dope, but, um, and it was dope to see them create, but it felt too scripted, uh, to to be that dope um but props to complex i love what they're doing with the content in general um but anyway so that's what i believe this is and it looks dope man it looks dope i like the um asymmetrical like lacing portion of the shoe um and the colorway is dope i mean it's nothing crazy but it's dope um for 115 i would buy that just to fucking support them like hell yeah 115 that's that might be the dopest part um yeah that that sneaker is dope if you guys haven't seen it check it out um all right now also on 1213 was the rick ross and ewing 33 high mmg man i don't know it's it's one thing uh, one like fucking no-go for me is putting this fake these fake gold pieces on on sneakers whether it be an eyelet or the Ewing has the strap on the back and, it, and you know, there's a gold portion for the buckling. Uh, that shit is terrible. The, the, the gold, the fake gold always throws me off. So just off bat, just with that, I don't fuck with this. But um, the Ewing in general, man, it's insanely fucking hard to, it's, it's a hard shoe to work on. Like, it's a fucking behemoth. I own, uh, or I did own the white, all-white pair with the uh, gum sole. And I walked around in those shits, and they're like, they're like fucking boots, man. I mean, to say the least, they're like fucking boots. The shit, like, I mean, it's just massive. It's hard to work on. I get now more than ever, it might be, you know accessible or you know it might have a following just with uh retro shoes but you know with retro shoes being so popular but i don't know and for 180 fuck off come on i mean the materials look okay it looks like some faux fucking ostrich but i don't i don't fuck with this at all this is terrible to me just based off of the gold but with the materials um the shoes just too huge i don't know if that's your guys' thing, if the Ewing's your thing, uh, you got another one. <laughs> but I do not fuck with that. All right, so 1214. Um, the Nike Air Foam Posit 1 Shine. It's a women's uh it's a women's exclusive colorway. The colorway is dark stucco. It's it looks greenish, but it changes color between like a brownish, copperish, and this green. I think it's dope. I think it's a dope foam. I don't know what girls wear foams. 
especially in this day, you know, in this, like, fashion climate, if you will. But uh, this definitely overall trying to be reasonable, you know, kind of not considering trends. This is a win for for uh, any girl that fucks with foams. This shit is clean. It's a clean-ass colorway. Um, that was a good job on Nike. Foams are just so wild-priced, man. This one's, what, fucking 230 That's what's killing you. Anyone that was about to buy that, maybe 200 Maybe 200 That shit is wild. Um, all right, and then now, what is this, 12, 14? Um, the Nike Air Max 1 Anniversary Aqua. It's a gorgeous, simple colorway. Gray, white, that aqua blue color. Fucking gorgeous, man. Uh, I fuck with it. The hits of purple, I fuck with it. It's dope, very dope colorway. Um, would I cop? No, I don't, I don't have a use for it, but it's not bad. Not bad at all. Um... All right, now next, also on 1214, uh, the Nike Air VaporMax LTR Black Suede. Mind you, re- a fucking releasing for 225 That's pretty steep. I mean, not terrible when you figure what uh, VaporMaxes typically sell for, I think, 200 But damn, man, I can't help but feel like this is lazy. Um, I like the concept of putting premium materials on a technical future aesthetic outsole like the VaporMax. I really like that concept. Um, But just design-wise, this is so fucking boring. I mean, it just looks like a, they slapped a premium suede upper. Mind you, it does have ventilation. Uh, fucking, what is, there's a technical term for it. Um... It's like fucking has ventilation on the suede. I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, perforated, perforated fucking suede. Okay, um, it has a premium ass perforated suede all across the upper, and I think maybe even a leather interior, like a leather ankle wrap. But um, it just seems lazy, man. I mean, you have to do more with it, I guess. I get how with a, such a complex outsole you would want to you need to do very little with the upper, but I think this was doing too little with the upper. Um, I hope to see leather iterations, maybe, maybe even a mid. I don't know. Maybe I'm talking. No, I, I, I would like to see that shit a fucking mid. That would be dope. Um, but I don't know. And then also being all black, like. I don't know, man. It's just boring. It's boring as fuck. Uh, Alright, so also on 1214, the Nike Air Max 97 Bordeaux. This is a women's exclusive colorway. I like the milky air bubble. It has like an off-white air bubble. But this one looks to have, and it could just be the photos. Mind you, I'm using sneaker news now for the release calendar. Not uh, Soul Collector, I believe is what I was using before. Um, I realized Sneaker News has way more of what's coming out, and I was missing so much uh, from Soul Collector. So, um, I'm using Sneaker News now. Anyways, um, I don't know, this outsole on this 97, the burgundy, sure, it's dope. It has an off-white swoosh, uh, even more dope. And then the air bubbles, the standout to me, the milky air bubble, that could just be the way it looks, and it's supposed to be white. 
but it appears milky. Um, but what fucks me up is on this photo, it looks like it has like a black and white camo patterned outsole, which completely fucks up the aesthetic for me. Um, so I don't know, man. I don't know. They, they were working with something. I love the way that uh, fucking burgundy and cream go together. But I don't know. That outsole completely fucked it. Um, Alright, now 12.15, we have the Nike Air Max 1 Anniversary Obsidian. Uh, simple, a little too simple for me. Could be Americana. I see this being pulled off as a fucking uh, 4th of July shoe. It has what I think is like a deep, deep navy. And then gray, white with red hits. Um, Clean, I'll give it that. But uh, too boring. I don't, I don't really care for the colorway. Uh, also on 12.15 is the Nike PG-1 Volt. I, I fuck with Volt and, uh, act, you know, like sport activities. Like, I, I really, I don't know, it's a very athletic feel. Maybe that's just, you know, fucking Nike uh, fucking with my mental. And, and, you know, like, just me over, over time correlating Volt with fitness and sports. That's likely what it is, and that's some, that's fucked up, that's some crazy shit, but I can't help but deny, like, you know, I, I, I love that shit, I love, uh, Volt and sportswear, so I fuck with this, again, the PG, uh, will always get a thumbs up from me, because it's 110, that's dope as fuck. Um, alright, so, also on 1215, the Nike Bow Dunk. It looks like it has mesh paneling, and it's all white with mesh paneling, D85, embroidered in gold on the back heel. Um, I don't know what it is about dunks, man. I don't really fuck with dunks, especially low dunks, and it's bizarre because it really is kind of a slightly less streamlined Air Force One, right? And I really fuck with Air Force Ones. Maybe it's like the thick outsole, like the platform that it's on that gives it that tough aesthetic. Um, I don't know. I can't fuck with this, though. I don't I don't really even remember uh, the last um, dunk low that I have fucked with. So this one is no different. Um, all right. What is this? 12. Same day, I believe. 12, 15. Um, the Soland and Nike SB Dunk Low. Um, it's got leather, black, it's all black upper, blue, a couple of blue hits, and then a white outsole. I like this more than the other, uh, Dunk Low. And mind you, this has the, uh, the Nike swoosh removed, at least on the lateral side. Um... And I think it gives the uh, the dunk a, a whole new slim down aesthetic. It's crazy what that'll do. Just removing the swoosh. Um, but it also does have some blue piping. Like on the start of the, the toe wrap panel. Which I don't really fuck with. Um, but I like this. I like it. And for 100 that's the other thing. Dunks are fucking mad affordable. I fuck with that. But um... I don't know. I want to see more of dunks with with no swoosh, specifically dunk lows. I feel like I would fuck with way more if they didn't have a swoosh on them. 
That that's my number one takeaway. It looks sleek as fuck. I like that about it. Um All right, now next also on 1215 is the Nike SF AF1 Deep Burgundy. Um this is another high ass Nike Air Force 1 boot. Um It's just burgundy and gum sole. I mean, I guess you can't go wrong. I fuck with burgundy. But uh, this is going to be mad limited in what you can wear it with, I feel like. Um, and it's already limited in what you could wear it with, with it being so high and just such a unique shoe. So I don't know. Um, but if it's your thing, this is going to be, you know, for a niche audience. I get it. Um, you know, you got your burgundy ass SF1. Uh, Alright, now also on 1215, uh, the Soland and Nike SB Dunk High. Damn, they might have taken the week. This is a uh, an off-white colorway, white swoosh, white midsole, um, cream. Well, yeah, like cream on the whole upper. The tongue looks a little bit more cream than everything else. Um, and then a blue swoosh over the Dunk swoosh. A small blue swoosh over the Dunk swoosh. Um, I fuck with this, man. I like, it has a mixture of leathers and suede panels on the mid and back panel. Um, I fuck with this. I need to see more photos of this. And if the other one was retailing for 100, I can only imagine this is probably what, 120, 130. Um, fuck, Solon did their thing. I fuck with both of these. Very dope. All right, next, again on 1215, the Nike PG-1 grade school. Um, It's red, white, and blue. I mean, it's grade school. I don't know. Dope, I guess. If it's your school colors, fuck with it. Um, All right, now, again on 1215, this is an interesting one. The Adidas Pro Fear. Um, Now, mind you, you've probably seen this sneaker. It's adidas new silhouette that has uh the the chunky ass outsole um a peppered sock upper with three huge uh stripes uh, like adidas three stripes i guess that also form the eyelets for the laces um now mind you they brought this one they had this on full size run and they were asking, it was the episode with Stolly. So again, if you haven't checked out that episode, this was last week's episode. Check that shit out. Um, amazing episode. I, I love what they're doing. But um, they brought this out. They had this on set. And they were asking everyone if they would wear it. And I think everyone pretty much said no, if I remember correctly. Um, but I could see this working with the right colorway and the right materials. Like say you do like a gray, off-white um, you know, maybe a slightly darker tan, I I could see this being, being wearable, uh, this colorway, I definitely don't fuck with, though, I like the design aesthetic behind it, and man, if they remove those fucking, the Adidas portion, the, the, like, three stripes that form the eyelids, if they remove that shit, like, if you go, if you guys can, go, go look at this sneaker, and, like, fucking look at it like if it didn't have that. Squint if you have to. 
But if it didn't have that shit and it just had a simple sock upper with that chunky ass outsole, I mean, Balenciaga is kind of doing that with their speed trainer, but this shit would, would be gorgeous and leave that heel panel. I fuck with it. I think we just need the right colorway. Um, now my fucking shoe of the week, one that I'm hoping to cop is the, which is rare for me, right? I don't think I've ever said that about any on, uh, this segment, but the the Nakel Smith and Adidas Match Court High RX. Um, this sneaker is gorgeous, guys. I I typically don't like this loud ass. One, I don't typically fuck with purple. Basically, anything purple, it's nothing against it. I just, if you look at my wardrobe, I don't think I have one purple thing. Now, I also don't fuck with velour and velvet i feel like don't get me wrong if that's your thing do it i get how it pays uh tribute to you know old hip-hop trends it's very retro um but it's too much for me i feel like a pimp in the shit you know velour like chill with that man it feels like extra um but this is both this is purple as fuck and it's it looks like velvet um i think this is gorgeous this sneaker is so fucking dope um maybe even switching out the laces for a white or an off-white lace but if you guys know me uh i'm gonna say that about damn near every sneaker i think off-white or white laces make sneakers so dope um and mind you right now it just has purple laces which is dope in itself um but i feel like for night for night fits if you guys are doing it for the gram out there that's what this when i first saw this sneaker i saw it on twitter i think and uh when i first saw it, i just thought of how dope the uh purple velvet would look in a dark setting just like the way it would play with your eyes like i don't know i fuck with this heavy i like the thick outsole it's uh it's obviously a skating shoe i think or maybe it's a tennis shoe match court i think that's tennis it's probably tennis as fuck but um I fuck with it. This is my cop of the week, hopefully. I don't know if it's going to be limited. I don't know if people are after it. I just know it's gorgeous as fuck. I'm trying to get this shit. And for 80, for 80, bro, come on. Uh, all right, now, next, the Adidas Dame for Rose City. Um, It's a grayish, off-white. I don't like the, the knit upper on this. I like the midsole. So the outsole is red. The midsole is grayish or, or a, a darker off-white with gray crackling, it looks like, or gray speckling. Um, I think it's gray crackling. Um, but And then it has like a gray three stripes and a white, white-ish uh, sock upper. But the toe panel is pure white and gray i think that throws it the fuck off it needs to be gray and off white or i don't know some other combination that fucks up the shoe for me otherwise it looks like a gorgeous shoe i fuck with it i think it's a dope looking basketball sneaker um i like that outsole i like the how the red sets it off um i don't know maybe different pictures will do it justice maybe it's just this one picture but um I don't know, with that removed, the the white knit upper, if they fucking switch that up, uh, this is clean as fuck. I mean, I wouldn't cop it either way. 
it's uh it's a fucking basketball sneaker but if you play ball and you know your team is red your team colors fuck with this shit this shit is gorgeous um now there's also the adidas dame for static uh and that's a i can't tell if it's off-white or white outsole um black upper white three stripes and this dope gradient on the on the knitted upper um or maybe it's not knitted this one looks like neoprene or some shit like that kind of shiny sheeny um i i fuck with both of them i like what adidas is doing with the dame four line this is the first time seeing them too um yeah dope if you guys play ball fuck with those um and for one what 110 115 I love affordable basketball shoes. I think also the demand is kind of forcing them to go down in price, though. Um, but I don't know. Dope shit coming out of Adidas with their Dame line. Um, all right. Now, also on 1215, the Raised by Wolves Reebok Classic Leather. Um, I believe this is a Gore-Tex collaboration. Uh, this one is Cape Blue. It's like a baby blue. Um, I don't fuck with it. If you do, dope. I like that the Gore-Tex uh, logo is blacked out. I think that's clean as fuck. Um, now, also in this pack, I believe it's a pack of three. No, a pack of two. Um, also in this pack is a all-white leather version. Um, this one is gorgeous. It has like a bluish outsole, an icy outsole. Um but I don't know, it reminds me, and I wanted to copy it, but I got to thinking, I own the, uh, if you guys remember, the uh, Ronnie Feig and Reebok collaboration on, I don't even remember what the fuck model, but it was controversial because it was in his achromatic collection, this was like a year, or no, this was like fucking two or three years ago, <clears throat> But if you guys remember and you're familiar, it was controversial because it was just a, there were two in the in the pack, two pairs in the pack. Um, there was a black pair, all leather, and then, and it had like leather, I think leather laces, a leather dust bag, a leather lace bag, all of that shit. But Ronnie was the way he introduced it was it was a clear show of quality so he's stripping all color from the collaboration which is normally his bread and butter right his color selection um that's like what he's fucking known for and that's why i fucked with it i know a lot of people didn't i doubled up i'm kind of trying to get rid of at least one set of those i think i have a 10 and a 10 and a half um so if those are your sizes get at me i have uh, two pairs of the white and two pairs of the black. But anyways, it's uh, it was simple. It was just an all white shoe, all white out or all white outsole everything. <clears throat> but on the black, it was just an all black upper with an all white outsole, and it was it had this complex ass upper which wasn't that dope at the time. But now with fashion where it is, I'm thinking that would be dope as fuck to break out. So I'm probably going to do that shit. And they're all dead stock. So, um, but people were calling the white shoes nurse shoes. And I get that. I definitely get it. Um, I don't really fuck with the black ones. I like the white ones. 
uh, they're premium as fuck. And anyways, that's what this Reebok Classic reminds me of. So for that reason, I don't need it. But this colorway isn't bad. And for 150 it's gorgeous. Mind you, the Achromatic Collection, I think, retailed for 200 or 250 And people were heated because it was, you know, it was full price. And it was such a basic, um, basic colorway. But I, I fell for it. Like, I, I really fuck with what he was doing with that. So I don't need that pair. Um... All right, now on 1216. Yeah, 1216, the Nike Zoom Vapor Street Flyknit. I've heard a lot around this pair, a lot of hype. Um, I don't know if these are going to be mad limited. What I do like about the design <clears throat> Excuse me, a little a little bulky. Um, but I really fuck with how the swoosh is so oversized and goes from the upper to the to the uh, midsole and back to the upper i think it's clean as fuck um there's no price listed but uh from what i've heard there's I, I don't i also don't like that it's an all black colorway i feel like there's a lot of possibilities with this you know with this sneaker um i don't know it's not amazing but it's not terrible i think it's a win for nike um hopefully if it's affordable i say 120 125 maybe um, but yeah, supposedly set for 1216, but there's no price listed. Um, and then also on 1216, the, uh, I think 1216 is fucking loaded, uh, with releases, the Nike Kyrie 4 Confetti. Now, mind you, this is a grown ass man shoe. And this is purple as fuck, pink as fuck, volt as fuck. This looks like it's for your daughter, bro. Um, I mean, but I also get that it's, it's clearer now than ever that these basketball sneakers are, you know, they serve a a different purpose on the court. Like you might want some flashy shit just because just like while you're playing and it's not shit that you would wear off court, but you want these flashy ass colors. I get it. I kind of get it. I mean, I mean, I'm judging it by style and fashion and i don't think that's what it's made for so if that's your thing get it it's 120 it's uh it's too much for me though fucking wild ass colorway um all right now also on 1216 the adidas yeezy 350 boost v2 blue tint now if you guys remember this is the one colorway out of the three the beluga 2.0 um and the what was it, his Volt pair, the, um, Yellow Ice, <laughs> the Yellow Snow, uh, whatever the fucking pair was called, um, I don't, I don't fucking remember, it's Yellow whatever, it's bright as fuck, right, you know what I'm talking about, um, this is the one colorway that I said I would cop, I'm still gonna try, I've entered a couple raffles, um, and, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, hopefully I get to get this pair, it would be my first V2. Um, I don't know, guys. Do you still fuck with the V2? Is the silhouette dead? Um, again, I mean, you've heard it a million times from me. I'm tired of the whole aesthetic, but I really like this pair. I think it's gorgeous. Um, just the, the very light blue and the red combination, that alone I fuck with. So, um, 
I don't know. You guys let me know. Do you want this pair? Are you going to try for it? Uh, if you do, best of luck. Hopefully you you pick that up. Um, I don't know what the numbers are supposed to be on that one. I know the Beluga. So they went from the recent Yeezys have been crazy, right? So it's been the yellow pair has been the fewest produced, I think, ever in the V2 line. And then the Yeezy line went from that to then releasing the Beluga 2.0s, which I believe are the most, you know, the most produced Yeezy, um, which I think is dope, I think it's Kanye, you know, uh, fulfilling his promise, everyone's getting Yeezys, if you wanted Yeezys, you're getting them, I think they're reselling for like 300, 300, 350, which is only 100 over retail, fucking crazy, man, some wild times, um, but I think they're very indicative of that silhouette being done, you know, obviously somewhat indicative of the numbers, but yeah, the silhouette is done, man. I, I mean, for me personally. Um, now, what's also supposedly slated to release on twelve sixteen? I haven't got, I haven't heard anything about this, but it's on Sneaker News release calendar, so I'm gonna mention it. Um, the Adidas Yeezy Power Phase Calabasas in the all black colorway. Um, again, I fuck with the one twenty price tag. But that's about it. I don't fuck with the silhouette. I think it's so basic. I think it's the Yeezy f- effect. You know, fully exposed. Uh, I don't know, man. I do not. I do not fuck with this. The toe box always looks some sort of fucked up. I mean, on recent gray pairs. It, it, you know, and on the white pairs. The off-white pairs. The initial pair they released. Um... I don't know what it is about these fucking power phase calabasas, but the toe box always looks malformed. It looks like, yeah, it always looks fucked up. I don't know. Um, this is no different. Even in the product photo, the toe looks fucked up. Um, but if it's your thing, man, and, and it's it makes Yeezy somewhat accessible and somewhat f- affordable, so that I, I'm fully behind. I support 100%, but... This colorway and this, well, a sneaker in general is not for me. I don't think there's a colorway that will make me buy a pair. I do not think there's a colorway. Um, But all black, dope. It's simple. It's, sim- you know, it's wearable. I think that's his goal with this line is not only for it to be affordable, but to be extremely wearable. You just wear with what the fuck ever. It looks like any trainer ever, you know, so... Um, if that's your thing, man, 120, 120, we'll get it for you. Um, all right, so now on 12, why the fuck does it say 12, 9? Um, 12, 16 as well, I guess. Uh, Ama Manier and Invincible and Adidas collaboration, the Ultra Boost. Um, retailing for $200, this is the white pair, I believe there's two pairs coming out, um, this white pair, man, this, this is gorgeous, um, I really fuck with, now, don't get me wrong, I know the all-white Ultra Boost has been done to fucking death, right, I like the lacing on this, though, it's very, like, it has a very tight lacing system, um, like it's very crammed in and i don't know i fuck with it aesthetically um and mainly the three stripes i don't know if they're just a thicker 
primed it. Um, but I this colorway looks gorgeous. I love the the change in knits. It has like you know it goes from a wide wide knit panels to tight knit panels on the toe and on the uh, toe cap. Um, I fuck with it. This is gorgeous. Fuck yeah, way to keep the uh, the Ultra Boost alive. But I don't know, man. The Ultra Boost is on its way out. It seems like for most, it seems like most people are getting tired of it. Um, also on this is this was a good execution of it though. I can't complain. Um, and for two hundred, if that's really the price, I think Ultra Boost retail typically for two hundred, right? Maybe one seventy, maybe one eighty. I don't know. I don't own a pair. Crazy, right? Um, all right. So also on twelve sixteen, the Adidas Harden LS uh, raw steel. I don't know. I don't care for it. I like the the blue contrast. It looks like a baby blue upper, like a faded baby blue with a slate blue. Um, but I don't know, man. It, it looks like a fingerprint. This shoe fucking looks like a fingerprint. I can't fuck with it. I do not fuck with that. All right, yeah. So it was a pack. The uh, the Ama Manier, uh, an invincible Adidas NMD R1 PK. Um, now I don't care for that. I, I like the other colorway way more. The Ultra Boost. Um, actually, this one is on a nmd what i do like about this is the all-white midsole like the all-white boost and then the all-white blocks on it like the lego blocks or whatever um i fuck with that and then it goes to a all-black outsole i I just like that contrast that that offers but i don't know for 200 i would rather get the other pair the all-white pair um that one's fucking crazy that ultra boost fucking gorgeous um i don't know this pair's not terrible and i get it if you want it but but i don't know man all black and all white has been done so much on every fucking adidas model this year i I just wonder what the fuck they're gonna do next year is it gonna be more all black more all white who knows um but i don't know if this is the one for you i get it uh, good luck copying it, but I think that other one is the best in the pack for sure, um, all right, now the Adidas Pro Fear collaboration with Undefeated, um, already with its first collaboration, I think they did right on this by having the, uh, the Adidas three-stripe panels, that form the eyelets by having them be translucent um and then the upper be camo but i don't know i mean would i cop this no uh, it looks like there's also a pattern it, no it's probably the lighting i think it's the lighting of this photo um so just an all black chunky ass midsole i like the uh the tongue panel looks like it has like just this fabric laid on it I don't know. I mean, that looks clean. I, I don't fuck with this colorway. Uh, still, the three stripes, I, I wish they were removed, man. Even on this colorway, if you remove those three stripes, fuck, man, I'm waiting for them to do that shit. I feel like it's inevitable, right? They always do a cageless version. Um, But if this is your thing, 200, there better be boost in that bitch for that price. 200? I feel like there's got to be boost in it. 
Um, all right, now again on 1216, the Adidas Harden Volume 1. Uh, it's a the chalk coral, trace scarlet, and gray colorway. Um, it has like a salmonish color and then a light pink on the toe box. The only thing that I will say that I like about this sneaker is the combination of materials uh, between the fuse materials or like knit materials and then the uh, leather on the toe box. I really fuck with that aesthetically. Um, but if you guys own this pair or you hoop in this pair, let me know if that leather stretches out. I feel like it would. And then it would fuck up the whole aesthetic of the sneaker. Because it's not, you know, it's not going to retain its shape like the fucking knit. And I feel like the fucking leather in, in one game will fucking look all loosey-goosey on the toe box or some shit. Um, I don't know. I don't fuck with the colorway. 130, if it's your thing, I get it. There's also a blue colorway releasing on that same day of the Harden Volume 1. Um, just two shades of blue, like a deep, a royal blue kind of. And then a slate blue on the toe box with slate slate blue laces, slate blue uh, fucking three stripes. And then I like the translucent midsole on these. That at least looks dope. Um, but that toe box, you know, kind of worries me now more than, more than I think about it. Um, but if I do have a positive, it's that I like the uh, the combination of materials. Uh, also on to on twelve sixteen. Um, the Under Armour Curry 4 black and white uh, for 130 I guess it's the cleanest you could do on this other than an all-white, which I think is already released. Um, it's got the gold SC on the midsole. Um, it's clean, I guess. It looks... Uh, I don't know. I don't hoop. I think this is like an exclusive you know, exclusive court shoe, so, uh, not for me, but if you support Curry, I think they're putting out decent colorways now, so, well, they have been, let's be fair, I think they have been, um, all right, now, 12:20. the Nike Air More Uptempo Chicago, the infamous, um, I believe I went on a rant about this before, it's fucking terrible, man. Uh, I don't know. An all red. It has, you know, shy, I believe, on both sides. CHI, um, black piping. Fucking awful, man. Fucking awful. I can't. There's no positive takeaway. Maybe they were getting it out of the way, and hopefully it will be out of Nike's system, and they won't be putting out shitty colorways anymore. Uh, or, or just not even shitty colorways at this point. It's just completely fucking up the silhouette. I don't know, man. Fucking Nike cannibalizing its own designs. God damn. Um, alright, also on 1220, the Nike Kyrie 4. Um, I don't know if this is the initial colorway. I think it is. This is the first time I've seen it. I like the, the light blue speckling on the midsole. Um, other than that, it's extremely basic. It's it's what you expect from an an initial colorway of a new model. Um, it's not terrible aesthetically. Definitely a, a core shoe. Um, I don't know, not much more to say about it. Just an all white outsole, all black upper, a little bit of light blue speckling, and then a all white swoosh. So 
I mean, that's coming in full family size run. So, uh, I don't know. I don't fuck with it, but it's, it looks like it's going to be an, ex- you know, I mean, it, it looks pretty clear to me. It's a fucking, an all court shoe, an all court silhouette. So if that's your thing, go ahead and cop it. It's dropping for a reasonable 120. Um, also on 1220, um, the Nike Up Tempo NYC. I hadn't seen this one coming. This is fucking equally as bad as the Chicago. Um, an all gray upper, white lettering, navy blue paneling. Fuck, man. I don't know who this is for. Maybe some kids out there. This shit is awful. Fuck, Nike. I, I don't know what y'all are doing. Y'all are fucking... Y'all are tripping right now. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Fucking up the whole up-tempo. Goddamn. Um, Alright, now, last sneaker. The, uh, on 1220. The Adidas Ultra Boost Lux. Um, I feel like everyone will tell you that the Adidas Ultra Boost is done. Mind you, this is the vintage white chocolate brown colorway. Now, I don't really see a chocolate brown. It looks like a tan upper... Um, I don't know if it's suede or just a different texture on the prime knit. Um, and then a suede toe cap, uh, gray midsole. I mean, they definitely nailed the, uh, the typical Lux colorway, but it feels that way. It feels very by the book. Like, okay, yeah, tan, the, the fucking color that we've seen everywhere, right? Um, but yeah, all off-white upper, um, a what is that, like a deep tan cage, um, suede panels, I believe, on the front tongue, and on the back tab, um, and then a grayish, you know, hill cap, I don't know, man, uh, for 200, I feel like that's reasonable, but, um, I don't know, the, the, it could just be this photo, but the materials, the change in materials look like it gave it a bulkier toe, which I feel like completely fucks up the silhouette of the sneaker. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's a clean colorway. We, you know, likely if it's right in with your current apparel, I mean, you know, everyone's been wearing tans, uh, you know, earth neutral colors. So, um, this will fit right in if you still fuck with the ultra boost, but I don't know. I think the silhouette is kind of done, right? I don't feel as, as like, as much animosity, I guess, towards the Ultra Boost silhouette as I do towards the V2, the Yeezy V2. Um, that's probably just me, though, because all I've ever heard is that, you know, recently is that everyone's fucking done with the Ultra Boost. Um, so I don't know. That wraps up the sneaker releases. Uh, hopefully you guys are still with me. If you guys like that segment, let me know. If you don't, um, let me know. But now we are going to get into the new segment. We're getting towards the end of the year. That means we've got yet another end of the year subject. Um, an end of the year ranking. Uh, an end of the year category. And tonight's category for end of the year is 
artists up next in 2018. Um, so just essentially exactly what it, you know, it mean, I mean, exactly what it reads as, uh, just artists that I think are going to blow up in 2018. Um, all right, let's get started. The first artist, I have a list of five. I wanted to keep it a tight five, you know, cause you could just ramble on and on about, okay, have a, a fucking, these are the top 10 artists that are going to blow up in 2018, the top 15. Um, and I think you'll see a lot of those lists, but the thing is, it's like, will they blow up in 2018? Or if you're just talking about every artist will gain more traction. Yeah, that's kind of inevitable. Um, so I tried to pick some that were, you know, that you likely wouldn't see on other people's list that I still feel like are up next. Um, and that list starts with Georgia Smith. Um, you guys likely know of her through her collaborations with Drake. I mean, she had her own fucking interlude on More Life. Uh, gorgeous, phenomenal, insanely talented singer. Um, I feel like I hopefully she'll just, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, she's so talented. I know she's touring right now with, uh, who the fuck is she touring with? I think it's a relatively big name artist and that's good you know at least she's getting exposure i can't remember who the fuck it is right now um but yeah i feel like she's up next especially with her what the fuck was the song um it was on the first playlist the first abstract audio playlist uh it just has such a good vibe to it and such like a an undeniable like bop to it you just have to fucking, it's, I don't know, that song is amazing, I fucking love that song, but, uh, I think George is up next in 2018, uh, my second pick is, and in no specific order, just wanted to limit myself to five, um, Brockhampton, I know there were rumors, uh, that they broke up, I don't know if that's true, and even if it is, I think it's only temporary. I think, you know, it's inevitable that they will get back together. And um, if you guys are unfamiliar, Brockhampton is this large group of, I think, 12 or so artists um, that mainly do hip-hop, but it's like some odd fusion. I mean, they do, they just have such a unique, diverse sound. And it's very representative of who they are because in their, they call it a boy band, mind you. I don't know what that's about. Um, but what is dope is in a recent, I don't know if it was a Vice interview or what, but they were interviewing them and they mentioned that they have a very Apple-esque mentality when approaching music. And so they have their graphic designers, their producers, they're all a... <clears throat> all a part of their their uh band and so that therefore making the band like 12 artists deep i think um but mind you obviously not all of them are vocal artists not all of them rap um but they're this insanely diverse group and i don't know i look forward to just uh just from the sheer experimental sound that they're putting out um, you hear it in damn near every song. I know they're teasing 
Saturation 3. Uh, I think it'll come out, if not before the end of the year, at the very beginning of next year. Um, And I think this is working. I, I think for most artists, for them to put out three projects in a year or, or a number of projects in a year just in general is cautioned against because naturally you're going to get a dip in quality. Um, I don't think that applies to them because they have so many artists in their group and, uh, and they continue to be inventive with their sound. Uh, if you guys haven't, please check out their fucking, uh, their saturation project or their saturation two project. The saturation two project is what I, uh, where I was introduced to them and they're just insanely fucking talented. I think they're up next in 2018 for that reason. I included them on the playlist, I think maybe a week or two back. Um, so yeah, check their shit out. I think they're up next. Uh, all right. Third artist, Joyner Lucas. Now, mind you, I don't know too much about him. I know the, I'm not, I'm not a racist or I'm not racist single. Um, in all honesty, this was, this choice was sparked from his Hot 97 interview. He was talking to Ebro and it's just, uh, his mind and, and strategy wise, the way that he was approaching music and that he described his approach to music, I think is why he's up next aside from being insanely talented lyrically and just, I mean, he has a dope sonic to his voice, um, such a talented rapper check out you guys have likely heard his uh i'm not racist single um but in the interview he mentioned that on that single there on the cover art there is a white guy and uh he purposely wanted that to happen because in the song if you guys have heard it he's rapping from the perspective of a white male and then from the perspective of a black male and just kind of, I guess, going over issues they might have with each other, and uh, just social issues, very pertinent to the times, I mean, check that song out, Um, insanely dope, insanely dope, I think he's up next, he's very, this is, this is the one I'm kind of cautious about, because he might be when you get an artist that's immensely talented like this, lyrically, it doesn't always translate to mainstream, um, but I'm confident with his strategy approaching music, you know, with little things like that, because he knew, you know, Ebro had mentioned, like, there's a white guy on the cover, and a lot of people assume that that's you, and he was like, yeah, that was all planned, that was all strategic, um, he's like, I, you know, essentially alluding to, he knows it's gonna build buzz, he knows that people will be outraged because of it, you know, and, uh, it's just insanely fucking smart, and uh, I love what he's doing. I, I need to go back and check out his older projects. Um, but yeah, I think he's up next in 2018. Uh, I hope, at least. Insanely fucking talented. Uh, Alright, now, next, number four, is a artist that I'm... You know, he, he had one of the dopest projects that I heard this year and it was so unexpected i didn't know him before this project and that is coltrane um c-o-l three t-r-a-n-e um i believe he's out of the uk and just his his album 
Uh, it's it's spelled funky as fuck. Let me see. Um, his album, Serena. It's spelled T S A R I N A. Um, <clears throat> a short little ten track album, but insanely fucking dope. The runtime is only thirty minutes. But I featured it on the playlist, and I hope you guys check that out. If if not, if you haven't heard it, I featured his Penelope song and his Malibu Sleep song, both of which I feel like are the dopest songs on the project. So uh, I think it was on, like, the second playlist. So if you haven't, go check that out or just check him out as a whole. Um, Coltrane, C-O-L-3-T-R-A-N-E, and his project Serena fucking insanely dope man he just really captures that early sing-songy drake vibe um where he seamlessly transitions between melody and dope rap um i don't know just sonically it it gave me very uh trap soul-esque vibes so check check it out this I, i hope he's up next in 2018 this is kind of more of a personal choice um but I think with his, it's only a matter of time until his song, you know, one of his songs catches the mainstream. I think he has a very mainstream accessible sound. Um, mind you, that's not only what I'm judging off of, but I think that's crucial to an artist, quote unquote, blowing up. And, and blowing up is kind of just gaining a lot of traction, right? And so that's what I mean. And I hope Coltrane, I, I have confidence Coltrane is up next in 2018. Um, and lastly young lean uh what he did with red bottom skies that's uh, a red bottom sky excuse me uh one of my favorite songs of the year just it's infectious it's like an infectious dark lullaby that's that's like the best way i could describe it um again featured on the playlist but if he can hone into that sound in specific I have not stopped listening to that song since I first heard it. It's just so infectious. It does get repetitive, and that was my initial takeaway. But sonically, what he did with that song, I compare to this sonic breakthrough that uh, Lil Uzi had with um, EXO Tour Life, where it's just so different sonically. Um, And he just tunes into his own sound and... And it's just so well executed. Um, fucking Red Bottom Sky, man. That That is kind of the key, I think, to what will get Young Lean more exposure. I'm surprised it hasn't grown bigger than... And who knows? I know that it's gained a lot of traction, but I don't think it's as big as I think it deserves to be. Um, that song is so dope. And hopefully he will tune into that sound specifically on that song. And I think from that, we will see him, uh, you know, again, just like with Coltrane, I think he's one song away. Um, I mean, we all are, but the Sonics are there. And, and that vibe that he's tuning into, if he can just do that another time, you know, maybe a couple more times, fuck. I mean, he's up next. He's up next in 2018. Um, all right, so that does it. Um, wrapping up the end of the year segment. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, again, I love doing this for you guys. I love doing all of this, the podcast, everything. Um, you guys are fucking amazing. I love you guys. 
Uh, you will be hearing more from me soon. And check out the playlist if you get a chance. That playlist is posted. So please give it a listen. And let me know what you think. All right. I fucking love you guys.